Welcome to the Kershaw Partners podcast, an eventful world. In this series, we will dive into the events industry through the eyes of Mike Kershaw and his partners, who between them have over 150 years of working in the world of events. From event management, to catering, to venues, to structures, to exhibitions, and much, much more. They have seen it all and want to share their experiences with you and maybe impart a bit of knowledge along the way to help you. Of course, there have been some bumps in the road along the way, but that's what makes the events world fun. My name is David Watt, and I will be your host. We hope you enjoy. Okay, hello, and a big warm welcome to an eventful world, the first ever Kershaw Partners podcast. This is a new venture for us, which is very exciting, and we hope you enjoy listening to it and and maybe uh, find it interesting too. Our aim is to publish the podcast weekly, and the general format will be that Mike and I will discuss what's been going on in the KP world during the previous week and what is happening in the events world in general in the coming week or weeks. Uh, We will also discuss the challenges that some of our clients have in their businesses and the sorts of solutions that we have come up with to help them and, and what we and they have learned through the process. From time to time, we will invite one of those clients to come in and chat to us and tell us a little bit more about their event business, uh, which will be great. Although Mike would have you believe otherwise, there are in fact other Kershaw partners too. And occasionally I will drag one of them in uh, for a chat and to learn a little bit more about what they do and how they help our clients grow their businesses. Each week, we will try and leave you with some thoughts or observations on the industry today and how it has changed over the past 30 years and what we have learned from our experiences. However, as this is the very first one in the series, we obviously have to start with the man himself, Mike Kershaw. Um, so I just I just sort of go back over sort of history of, of Mike Kershaw Inc. Uh, and just sort of talk about uh, where you've where you've come from. Obviously, you've been involved in the events world for for probably over thirty five years now. I'm thinking MJK events was it JMK events? When when was that set up? Well, no, first of all, it was a company called Event Management Group, which was set up in 1983. So I left university and went virtually straight away. I met this guy in a pub. I was girlfriend at the time. Uh, I had just started working as a PA to this chap in this hospitality business, called called hospitality business, when the hospitality industry was really young and it was like just starting. No one really, it didn't really exist almost until the mid-80s when... um, and if you remember, kind of, it was that kind of loads of money uh, stage, and uh, and the city was really taking off, and then lots of people wanted to do lots of entertainment around all the sports events, uh, but it was all very unregulated, and it was all quite it was all quite fun and games. So I I went to work as a I was working with this girl, um, sort of going out with this girl, and, and she was working with this big guy. And he was short of a salesman, and I just thought, well, this sounds a bit more fun than. Than insurance, which is what I was thinking of doing at the time. Um, but thank goodness I didn't. And I, uh, yeah, so I started working as a salesman for him and realized I was really quite good at it. And at the same time, I was going to every sporting event you can imagine as a young you know, a young man in my early 20s, um, you know, everywhere from the FA Cup final to Art de Triomphe to the Monaco Grand Prix to oh, I was just jessing around the world and the UK, going to great golf, um, great sports events. And entertaining people, I thought, man, this is quite a good laugh. So I did that for about three years, and then realised actually I was um, I was bringing all the business in, and we developed it into into conferences. I was doing production and incentive travel, and we were doing lots of big, exciting 
trips around the world and but I was bringing all the business in and my boss was um uh, he's not around anymore so I can probably say he was literally drinking at all <laughs> so, uh, so uh, I would say I had a very questionable sense of how the money should work in a business so I think I learned you know we all learn from either our own mistakes or other people's mistakes that we was in and uh, I learned from his uh, and so I said but then I left and set my own business up for sporting heritage which was a yeah, hospitality business. And then that morphed quite quickly when I met Guy into Ultimate Experience. So, okay, so from, I mean, I, you know, I remember just about at the beginning of the Ultimate Experience, I met you guys probably two or three years after you'd set it up. But it, but in terms of, I mean, obviously, internet would be one of your answers here, but in terms of people within the events world and the events world per se, how do you think it's changed in in, in the last 30 years? Out all recognition, doesn't it? I mean, uh, yeah, you, you alluded to to internet, but you know, we didn't even have mobile phones. You know, I, you know, I was I was once um, running an incentive when when my coach didn't turn up at Heathrow, and I was in a phone box phoning up the coach company and waiting for the group to arrive. You know, I had no idea where they were. I mean, it was it was pretty difficult when you had no means of communicating. I mean, we were we were doing. You know, confirming things by letter, literally letter. Then facts came along, and so so you've gone from a, a very unregulated uh, industry and, and and a very challenging industry. There weren't that many operators in it. It had to be because of that, the nature of it. In a way, it, it, it couldn't be that complicated. Um, to an, an extraordinary, you know, huge industry that it is is today. And um, I mean, also, I mean, this. I mean, we. In those early days, we were pretty crowded. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, these legendary stories of, of really appalling, uh, appalling mistakes and uh, and and hilarious challenges, which we look back on with with fondness now and create some funny stories. But but you know, now everyone's a lot better at this now. I mean, we have really pro event managers. You know, everybody, the quality of what's being delivered, the quality of production, the quality of of, of, of events is so so much higher, and the people involved, I guess, more than anything else, they're, yeah. they're real it's pros, the real proper pros who've been who've been trained in it, and you know, in many cases they've done degrees in it, and it's, it's better regulated, it's safer. I mean, you know, I've never heard of the phrase health and safety probably <laughs> until about about two thousand and five. Um, you know, we were we were doing pretty crazy stuff, and it never really. I mean, the best one, obviously, which I've told you about before, is the Live rodeo for for the for the launch of the uh, Mercury One to One, which was the uh, uh, um, mobile phone network back. I, I don't know when this will be. Probably not in the mid nineties. But a live rodeo where we actually got pony live live uh, horses to for people to ride, which threw them off onto the ground. You know, and gave them a crash helmet and a and a you know boiler seat. I mean. I had these photographs of people upside down being thrown off, you know, as if as if guests, you know, could do that. I mean, it was just, what were we thinking? What were they thinking providing it? This company, <laughs> Live Rodeos, limited. I mean, uh, uh, no, no risk assessment, no, like a couple of broken, couple of broken bones. I mean, you know, that was the view at the time. But you know, lots of fun, but at the same time, you know, I think that's massive, massive improvement. All the way. They risk companies' lives. So um, here we are, 2021, 
uh, Casual Partners, well, you, you came out of Concerted 2015. Um, and uh, I remember meeting you around that time, again, having, uh, you know, obviously you, you worked with me with Pubs and Wills. And uh, you had the idea of Casual Partners and, and a consultancy or advisory business. What was your sort of, what was the motivation behind that? What was what was your plan? Well, all the, I, I, you know, I had a great career with Chess. I really enjoyed that. I, I helped build it with the others. Uh, you know, from pretty much nothing to, you know, after Cabo Museums in the early 1500s. So it was, you know, I had a lot of people in it and, and it was a, it was great. Um, but the bit I'd enjoyed was the growing. I was the guy who often found the new projects and the new deals and did the, you know, help buy the companies and all the rest of it to, to expand, and and I wasn't doing that then. And and I would say what I felt I was good at was helping people scale from where they are to where they want to be. Um, and that's obviously what I what I've endeavoured to do ever since through uh, commercial partners. And you know, you you sort of said consultant and then switched to advisor, <laughs> um, because I don't I don't like the phrase consultant, and I don't I think consultants management consultants, you know, give this idea of kind of men in suits. And that's not what we are. We are not men in suits. We are people who've worked in the event industry a long time. We've we've made every mistake going. We've we've seen pretty much anything and everything that you can see in events um, across all the different sectors. And uh, and we're part, you know, we're we're like we're like our clients, you know, we are just event people. So but we revert people with a huge amount of experience, and that's what we're trying to bring to bear to say to help people not make the same mistakes we we make really, and to and capitalise on it and push forward. So that's what I kind of what I was hoping to do. You know, I obviously got picked up fairly early on with companies like AOK Events and Smart Group and um, and uh, Simplify and, and so on and Nova, and then kind of helped. You know, help them start to get them on the on the, the road to success. And that you know, great news is they've all they've all blossomed. And, and in terms of okay, so it's probably been five or six years. Well, probably probably four or five years since since it's sort of been going full. What, what what do you think the, the challenges, the bigger challenges that you had to overcome during those during that period of time? I mean, compare compared to the challenges you had to face as a business owner. Okay, you are a business owner of commercial partners again, but the challenges, the new challenges for you now. Well, you know, every client is a different. Every client presents a different challenge. I mean, you know, because they're, they're they're they've got they're at different stage in their development. So some are relatively new. I've worked with some startups and tech startups, um, and and others who are pretty well well established, but but are looking to kind of reinvent themselves. So you know, the big challenge for me personally. Is this constant changing of hats? I mean, I'm, you know, I will have. I think I was calculating. I'm chair of eight different businesses at the moment, and so you kind of take on hat off, and then suddenly have to rethink and look, and look at um, uh, wear a different hat in a different sector because we're not just working in one sector. It's in the events industry. Though. Obviously, we have clients in food and beverage. We have clients in venues. We have clients in production and uh, live. And um, and broader event management and so on. So, so it is all kind of it, it, there's a variety in it, which is fun, but also quite challenging. Um, uh, so you know, it, but but I I love it because I love the people we're working with. And, and as you always said to me, you know, you do something different every single day, don't you? And that's that's the joy yeah. of that thing. Well, yeah, 
Yeah, within reason, because actually what you do realize is it's every business, it, you know, it, it's not that complicated. You do need certain common things, you know, you need good reporting. We need to get the finances right about the business so that they are, you know, the information we get upon which we help them make decisions is, is, is accurate and regular and you can rely upon it. Um, you know, you need a good process for making decisions. So, you know, I'm insisting all the time on these things, like making the business case and so on. So we try and try and actually try and um, ensure that each of the businesses we're working with are working broadly to the same kind of um, methodology, which I'm confident, if you follow, will bring success. So, um, you know, and, and it's, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's probably how it yeah, and I, I guess that's the, that's the, the evolution. I mean, you, how would you say that we, as a as a partnership, have evolved since 2016 or 2017 or whatever? And what do you think our our philosophy is for a partnership, or well, your philosophy well, now? Well, it started with the yeah. and then Richard came in, and then you came in, and then and then now we've got three or four others who are bringing a different um, skill set. I mean, as it's as you can see, you know, it's, it's slightly. Putting the concerto band back together a little bit, bringing Guy in, who's a brilliant expert business development and, and, and venues, bringing Richard Rose in, who's you know one of the absolute leading experts in food and beverage delivery catering venues, London particularly, um, and and Pete obviously has built a very successful business in in Clive, which he's exited as well. Um, and so we have this sort of broad breadth of experience now in these sectors. Um, we're working with Kate Disley, who's an expert in, in exhibitions. Um, I'm adding um, uh, adding expertise in HR um, uh, and, and 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 numbers. I mean, I'm pretty good at the numbers now and understanding what we need in terms of the reporting. But but you know, there are requirements, particularly in fundraising and. Um, and exit, exiting a business where we need much more specialised accountancy. So uh, bringing in Dave Sharples, who's very, very old friend of mine, went to school with me actually, um, who can add that perspective to us as a partnership. So, you know, we've now got this much, it's developed into a much broader offering that is offering much, much more, but there's still, you know, we've got individual expertise and, and broad strategic uh, thinking that goes into every client that we work with. In terms of what would you say the most significant or most important moment for the business was thus far? I mean, I was going to, my next question is what's the best moment in terms of you personally and, and, and for the business? But but I think the most fundamentally important moment for commercial partners thus far. Well, funny enough, well, um, in, a, in a way, the pandemic, you know, up until then, it was basically just two or three of us working with four or five clients. Pandemic slightly changed everything because we dropped a lot of clients. Understandably, they didn't feel they had enough time or, or, or frankly, money to be able to afford an advisory uh, service. Um, uh, that gave us the opportunity to rethink what we wanted to do, and then and then develop. And you know, you know, I took a bounce back loan. I thought this is an opportunity to actually push ourselves forward. So we we, we did uh, uh, this course with. Growth, which I think really helped. We all learnt a lot in terms of how to position ourselves and what we need to be doing for clients and how to um, help clients from a marketing perspective. So that was quite quite a big leap, and that led to 
extra clients and that's led to the expansion of the partnership into something that's now quite quite um, meaningful actually, you know, and the and the and we're a reasonable sized business and I think I think we can pretty much say with the number one advisory business. Yeah, yeah definitely true. Yeah. what we have on our website. Yeah, definitely. And in terms of from a from a from a personal point of view, what do you reckon your best moment, your most rewarding moment was in the last five years? And it can be business, personal, or whatever. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter. It's just that you've gone, you know what? Yeah. Well, uh, in, a, in a way, I suppose the most, the single most potentially valuable bit was the helping facilitate the MBO within one of our clients. So it has to remain nameless for now, but. But um, you know, we had a real challenge with, with with two partners in the business that we were working with, and it became obvious that we needed to help them facilitate a, a breakup, which was difficult. Um, and we managed that with them very successfully, and they have gone on from strength to strength that business now. And I'm really pleased that we were able to do that because it involved a lot of a lot of emotion in those sorts of breakups and. We had to keep our eye on the ball for them, and being that independent pair of eyes, we think, well, what we bring to this is is this kind of we have no particular axe to grind. We're not shareholders in any of these businesses, um, and so we're just looking at it completely independently, and we can we can do that. So that was very satisfying getting that over the line. Um, but you know, there's lots of wins. You know, we you know we've just one of our clients has just. In its first and biggest ever quote, so that we helped get them to that point. It's a seven million pound job. Ever happens, you know. Um, so, um, you know, so I suppose there's lots of there's lots of positive things. But the, you know, the big one for me, really, I suppose, is being able to bring other people on and turn into a bit more of a partnership rather than just your approach, exactly. Um, and in terms of um, just explaining to, to, to the wider audience who may never have heard of us, I mean, shock horror if they haven't heard of us. Uh, it, obviously, we are number one advisors to, to, the, to the event industry, but it, allegedly, sorry, uh, um, what would you say in terms of our, our products, uh, the things that we offer our clients, what, what, what would you say the sort of two or three things that, 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 that we offer in, in terms of uh, you know, going to people's business and, 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 and helping them from from meeting to all the way through to advisory? Well, the best thing we've created this two day business review, which has never failed, right? Whenever we've done it, uh, every single company we've done it for has said it's been a valuable exercise because over two days, we, we, we pull the whole business apart. We look at every single element of their business from their, their numbers to their. HR to their operations, to their processes, to their marketing, to their IT, um, all the way across the whole, the whole piece of leadership, um, management, the whole bit. And, and, it, and almost always that has ended up with us working with them because, because nobody's perfect, you wouldn't expect it to be. So we create these, these um, observations, we, we make observations, we create recommendations based on years and years and years and years of working in these sorts of businesses. So, and I, and I think that as a, as a product is, you know, yeah, I would say this, I suppose, because we kind of do them, but they're brilliant. And they're, you know, we're doing it not like, I imagine, I've never, I don't know how KPMG does it, but not like we do it. This is not judgmental, it's not telling them what to do, they're not telling them what to do, it's not being critical, it's 
being being observational and using our experience to help them um, to recommend things to change because generally they they do it because they they've decided they've either hit a kind of ceiling that they just can't get through or they've decided to make a change in their business that's why they'll talk to us they want to make a change we say where and how we need to make a change so it gives them that clarity what do you what do you actually want to do guys and let's look at your business let's review the business this is where you are this is where you could be this is where if you want to be there this is what you need to do so you know i think that is our, our number one product and then we've obviously it follows on once we start working with a customer we have you know we have lead gen we have marketing expertise we have very specific operational expertise in certain areas and we you know we're just working with them to improve every element of their business and to get their to get their kind of vision for where they want to go clear in their heads and then map out the the journey how, how long do you, do, you, do you think that journey takes can it, can it be quite a short three months or is it or do you say that it's going to be a minimum of six months or why how long is the piece of well, by and large you do so you do the two-day review and then we, we like to say okay always there are always long-term things that you're doing and there are relatively short ones. so we take a three-month period we do a 30 60 90 day okay these are things we need to do we'll help you do each of these and we'll and then have something that you kind of measure yourself against and measure us against. So 30, 60, 90, end of 90. Where are we? Have we achieved all those things right now? Let's let's press on. Sometimes we take a bit of a step back at that point. So we'll work over 90 days and then we and then we step back to right you're on your own, or we'll just do a kind of um, you know, maybe one day a month, just keeping check on things. Or actually there's loads more to do. Let's stay with it and we'll we'll roll on. So you know, a lot of the companies we're working with now actually are saying let's let's roll on because it's good, it's working, and, and we like working with you, and you're bringing something that's refreshing and independent and interesting. So, um, what sort of companies? Uh, well, you know, if you give a sort of broad cross section of the commercial partners' clients, what would you? How would you describe them? There's quite well, a, all, quite a few of them there. Well, they're all linked in one way or another to the events, leisure mm. industry. So. You know, we obviously have a Wi-Fi business, we have a resort, we have an, arch an architect firm that, that builds venues and stadia and works in the major sporting events and things like Commonwealth Games and so on. Um, we have a couple of live event businesses both here and in Europe. Uh, we have um, uh, tech uh, businesses that we're working with, both startups and, uh, and Wi-Fi and connectivity. Uh, and we have catering, you know, a very successful catering business who is utilising Richard to really help them um, get themselves positioned into to being the number one of the number, one of the leading catering businesses in the whole of, of London. So, uh, and and venues, and we're working with two wedding venues, and and you know, this is a game we really know. I mean, guys, brilliant at this, and I, you know, this what it is. You know, Concerto was, was basically a venue marketing business. We, you know, we know venues, and we know how to. To grow them, and, and I think we're doing a great job with them. They would say that yeah. they're doing a great I job, so. I think. Well, they have. Yeah. I totally agree. Um, so, here's a question for you. For you. Um, you've been doing this event stuff uh, for 35 years, and obviously, you and indeed all of us know the industry back to front. If you could give a new client, someone you've never met before who's going to the events industry, one piece of advice, uh, bearing in mind 
some of the more challenging experiences you've had over the years, what would that one piece of advice be? Um, so um, uh, it's off the, straight off the bat, um, it is uh, make as many friends as you can. I think this is a, an industry where it kind of relies on people working together, it relies on partnerships, it relies on friendships, it relies on networks. You never know when you might need somebody. And you know, I've tried in all the areas and all the businesses we've owned, uh, you know, never to fall out with anyone. Uh, because you never know when they might be useful. You know, I, you might be useful to them, they might be useful. So, you know, the people who've struggled in this business are the people who have kind of been a bit arsy and have fallen out with people. I just don't think that's ever going to be helpful. So make, make loads of friends, build your network. Um, because there's a lot of, in, there's a lot of in industry training. We know that, you know, venues use production companies, production companies use venues, production companies use caterers, caterers use marquee companies, and so on. So, you know, there's a huge amount of internal street trade so so make loads of friends get into the into the associations in one way or another. be they start to be a known build your own personal reputation so use linkedin for example to build your own your own personal brand build your brand yeah um and i think you know that's that's probably the best piece of advice i can get i mean i'm not going to tell people exactly you know, every business is different and people are different their own different one out of it but set, I suppose the other one is just set your goals, be clear where you want to go. Is as Richard uses the phrase, a goal without a plan is just a wish, right? So if you have a goal, you've got to have a plan, otherwise it's worthless. Yeah. So take your time to build your plan and, and do it step by step. Don't don't rush it. Finally, this is the last part of uh, the podcast today. Um, just so people get to know you a little bit better. So, Mike Kershaw, on your point about making lots of friends in the events world, I can't think of anyone that I've ever met who has more friends in the events world. And I, I was going to ask the question. So, you know, give us an interesting fact about Mike Kershaw that you might not, that we might not necessarily know. But actually, I was thinking about it that, that one fact that people wouldn't know about you, which I think is is a really interesting fact actually, is that you were responsible for importing the first ever karaoke machine <laughs> into the UK. Uh, so, so tell us a bit about well, that, that experience. Personally, that was an eye um, I, I found this idea back. This is about, we're talking 1990 probably. Uh, he'd heard of this idea. It was big in Japan called karaoke. Thought it was going to be fantastic, and he went to a bar. So he said, "We're going to buy one," uh, and and then introduced it into the UK. And there was a bar in in London called BB's, uh, and we went and talked to them and said, "You know, what do you take on a Wednesday?" And they gave us a figure. We said, we, "If we bring karaoke here and we do it on Wednesdays, we would like um, a quarter of all the takings over that figure." And, and we did. Now there was a bit of a drama getting the machine in because it was it was nicked as soon as it arrived at Heathrow, um, and so we actually had to, had to buy two. But it ended up being a phenomenal success and it, to the extent that Whitbread, in the own BBs, uh, literally just couldn't believe how much money they were paying us and, and changed the deal after a year. But we had a very, very good run. So, but if I ever hear, you know, and I see karaoke now, it's pretty 
right now. These were these were big old machines in those days, and they were expected nine thousand quid to buy one. I mean, you can get one now for about one hundred and fifty quid, can't you? So um, it was a big old hefty bit of kit. And nine thousand quid in nineteen ninety. Wild thing. <laughs> <laughs> or, Sweet Caroline or whatever. Um, it always just makes me laugh about those days. BB's, um, BB's Warbrook, which we've knocked down now, doesn't exist. Yeah, it doesn't. It's gone. Um, thanks, Mike. Um, we will pick up again next week. Thanks, David. So that brings us to the end of episode one of An Eventful World. Thank you very much indeed for listening. Uh, we apologise for any sound problems on that podcast. Uh, we will rectify them uh, next time round. Look forward to seeing you then.